This message is a product of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. We thank you for engaging this conversation. Messages like this one are great resources to help us grow, but they cannot replace being a part of a local church. If you're not actively a part of a church, we encourage you to find one near you that fits you, visit it, and get involved. And we hope this message gives life to you today. Enjoy. Before we get into this last series next week, don't forget, guys, next week we start a brand new series called At the Movies. Yay! Everybody loves At the Movies. For those of you that haven't been, I'm going to tell you, you've got to come. You will love it. Invite some friends. Uh, everybody loves At the Movies. You can relate to it, kids, grown-ups, any age. So we have a really good time. Uh, don't forget about that. And Pastor Kevin, I want to personally thank you for entrusting me to come here and to have be honored to speak in this pulpit. A lot of you don't know, but we have walkthrough to practice each week before Kevin does and I do. And this is the kind of man he is and our, and our staff. They try to make you better, and he has done that. He loves his church, folks. He loves Jesus. He wants us to be better so we can say for sure Jesus is all about you. So thank you, Kevin. I love you, brother. Let's do a little bit of review before, because this has been such a great series, I quit. And I want to encourage you guys, if you don't keep your notes each week, please do that. You can go back. Uh, like Pastor Kevin just prayed, we sabotage our own lives so many times. These notes help us go back to where we realize that we're doing it to ourselves and to overcome. The first week was I quit making excuses. Kevin challenged us and encouraged us to do what you can do, guys. Do what you can do. And trust God, trust in Him to do what you cannot do. And then in our second week, living in fear. And I love this part. Living with fear will keep you from fully enjoying the life God wants you to have. We don't realize that, but it does. Living in fear can cause us not to have the life that God intends for us to have. So how do we do that? We face our what-ifs. Acknowledge your fear and choose to trust God. Seek God out until He takes that fear away. And then last week, which may have been the best for me, was comparing because we all compare so much. How do I quit comparing, God? Well, his advice is you need to know what you have. We need to know what we have. What do we have? We have Jesus. You need to know who you are. You are loved. You are accepted. You are redeemed. You are joined heirs with Christ and so on. And thank you, Pastor Kevin, for posting those this week. Because that did help a lot as well. It's hard to write all those down in the scriptures he had. But a great, great powerful message. And then this week, we close out with complaining. And I thought about that for a moment. Kevin told me a few weeks ago, man, we got a great series coming up. And I want you to finish it up with quit complaining. And I thought, oh, okay, great. And I said, whoa, wait a minute. He wants me to talk about complaining. Are you insinuating <laughs> that I'm? No, he's not. But... Uh, but anyway, thanks. And this week he put out on Facebook, and you guys were great to put down what you complain about. And thanks for doing that because it, it helps us when we speak to kind of understand where we're going and where guys are at. And, and we're just like you. We complain about our jobs. We complain about the weather. Who doesn't complain about the weather? And so many times we don't think that it costs anything. But today I hope we can look at some of the costs it does have on us. I remember when I was 15 years old, that uh, my dad, he was a hot rodder, and so some of you guys understand this. And, and so because he was, I was a hot rodder. 
And back in my day, now I'm getting on up there a few years. I'm over 30, believe it or not. But in my day, the king of the hot rods was a 57 Chevrolet. And even though that was way past my years, it was still just a hot car. We had one. We had a 57 Chevrolet out in the backyard my dad bought. Now, it did not have an engine or transmission, but the body was in good shape. And that's the main thing. Krager mags, uh, butt tuck interior. It was really nice. And it was black. It was just shiny. I love that car. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's going to be my car. Well, we were up at a car lot one day, and I didn't know what Dad's intention was. But he said, see that 64 Chevelle? That was the first year they made Chevelle. Probably the worst year they made was their first. But anyway, this car was faded. He said, what do you think about that car? I said, wow, look at that burgundy paint. It's faded. It's almost brown. It's the faded. And wow, look at them Bobo wheels that thing has on it. Just old stock wheels. And, and uh, I opened it up, and the interior wasn't too good. Wow, musty. That thing smells musty. I don't know if you ever get that smell out of that thing. Well, Dad didn't buy it, and I didn't know a little bit later he thought about, well, I was thinking about buying that car for you because I don't know about the 57. Well, I didn't know, but things change, circumstances change, and as a few months go by, the 57 gets sold. So here I am. I reach 16, and here I am, young, cocky. Any guys remember how you were when you were 16? You knew everything, didn't you? could face the world. You know, you just knew everything. That's the way I was. I was cocky, thought I was a stud, and I wasn't, but thought it was anyway. Nothing to drive. Everything's sold. So I get a part-time job working after school about two, three hours, and the guy I'm working for just so happens he has a good little car for sale, and he says it's good, and I know it is. if he says it is, it is. Good, honest man, so I can trust him. Well, I go to the bank and get a loan. Mom co-signs for me. I get a loan. Here I am, young, strong, robust. I'm going to be the macho man, guess what I get? A green Volkswagen Bug. <laughs> the manly car of all manly cars, a Volkswagen Bug. Any of you ever have one? <laughs> it would be me and Ed, wouldn't it? Hallelujah. Oh, God. They were great cars. They really were great cars, but it's not the macho car. Well, I asked Jan out, my future wife, for a date, and she said, what kind of car you got? So I had to make it sound cool. Oh, man, I got a cool car, a VW. Sound like BMW, doesn't it? A VW. I left the bug off of a VW. And bless her heart, she never complained. She always loved that little green bug. And if she hadn't, it probably would have never been a Tiffany if she would have complained. So that might have been it. So thank you, honey, for not complaining. How many of you, now that's one kind of complain, but sometimes we complain and we don't even realize it. How many of you ever seen Christmas Vacation? Yeah, yeah, a lot of us. Most of us have. Well, if you haven't, let me set the scene here for a moment. If you remember Clark, the dad of the family, everybody's coming in, all the in-laws are coming in, the family's coming in for Christmas. So Clark's working two days, three maybe, on getting the lights. He's got a power, he's got enough lights on his house to cripple the power grid when they come on. Well, he works because they don't come on. They're on for a second, then they're off. They're on, they're off, on, they're off. Finally, he gets them to come on. So everybody comes out on the front lawn and looking. And, and he's just exhilarated by all the lights that are on. So he comes out, and he hugs his wife, and he's a little misty-eyed. He hugs his wife. Isn't her great? And everybody's talking about how great it is. And he goes over to his mom. Mom, you deserve a house like this to celebrate Christmas in. And then he goes to his dad, and he hugs his dad. His dad's weeping. Clark, Clark, it's beautiful. It's just beautiful. And Clark's so moved, he wants to say something nice to his dad. He said, thank you, Dad. You've taught me everything I know about exterior illumination. And then he goes on to Russ, and he said, Russ, we got it. And yeah, way to go, Dad. That's cool. And then he goes to his mother-in-law and hugs her. And she's a little standoff. She says, oh, yeah, it's beautiful. 
And then there's dear old father-in-law. Anybody know about their father-in-law, right? Dear old father-in-law, Arthur, Art, Dad, your little lights aren't blinking, Clark. Thank you, Dad. Thank you, Dad. 250,000 likes. Old Dad Art notices 10 little lights that aren't blinking. Just a buzzkill. I mean, just literally takes the mood of the moment in a completely different shift. Now, have, you might have done something like that and never even realized it, but as we can see how things change, how the mood of the family changed, Art's bitter, how my circumstances changed, the cost, we can start to see that complaining does cost a few things. Let's examine a few of those things that complaining can cost you this morning. Complaining is the death of joy. Complaining is the death of joy. Like Art, standing there with that sour face, maybe not realizing what he said, but it's a big buzzkill. Have you ever had music like you've had here? Maybe you go home. Now, if you're fortunate like us, our family eats together after church, and we have had folks that visit and come in. A lot of times they don't go to our church, but maybe they're not quite as happy as we are. But maybe something happened. You were in a foul mood that day, and you come home, and, well, actually, you're doing great, and somebody else is in a foul mood. And you say, man, wasn't that a great service? What about some of those points in the band? Were they not right on today? Yeah, yeah, it was good, but, uh, you know, after, I like four to five songs, and I'm really, you know, starting to begin to praise after four or five, but, you know, sometimes 12 songs, it seemed like you stand a long time, and, and I don't know, was it me, or I thought that it's hot outside, but it was cold enough to hang meat in there, didn't you think? So you're just a real buzzkill, and by the time we go through everything that's wrong, you forget about a lot of what was good. A, a perfect, for instance, last week with the, with the uh, message that Kevin had, you go home and say, man, what a great sermon we had. And, you, and somebody said, yeah, what about that point where know what you have? Is that not great? Yeah, and what about know who you are? We're loved. We're loved. Think about who we are. But no, no, it's got to be a buzzkill. Well, it was too cold in there. That kind of thing happens. And then when you see people like Art and you look at that face, all you got to do is look at him. And you realize that, you know what, guys? Complaining makes us bitter. Complaining makes us bitter. Let's look in Exodus about the Israelites. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If we had only had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt, there we sat around pots of meat and we ate all the food we wanted. But no, you brought us out into the desert to starve this assembly, this entire assembly to death. And here's what I find ironic. The Israelites have been praying and complaining and crying to God for years, deliver us out of this bondage. And when he does, now they're talking about, you just brought us out here. To, we had meat at least to eat. Now we don't have anything. They act like they had silver queen corn and steak every night or maybe surf and turf, sushi and, and steak you know, every night. But no, they complain. And it says the whole community. Well, I wonder if they was just one like Art, just real bitter. Nothing satisfied him. And then maybe that caught on and a lot of them become bitter. You see, I think it can be that as we become bitter, it becomes contagious. There's either one or two ways. Either you'll join in or you'll walk away. When we complain, we cause others to avoid us. When we complain, we cause others to avoid us. 
That's mainly for the guys. Guys, you ever been in the grocery store with your wife or maybe at Walmart or something when you're walking along, going down the aisle, and all of a sudden, quick, quick, move, go to the next aisle, go to the next aisle, don't look, don't look, don't look. And you say, oh, God, I know who that is. Ain't Bethany is over there. How you ain't Bethany? Oh, my back hurts, and the doctor says, he thinks I'm going to have to have my knee replaced, and I got a hip that's bothering me. I don't know. Feel this knot right here. You feel that pus running out of it? I think I got a ringworm. <clears throat> Complaining and ringworms can cause us to avoid you. Or what about a coworker? Have you ever had a coworker? You go in, a coworker, first thing you say, this is junk. That just sucks. The boss sucks. This whole job sucks. Everything sucks. It's just a bad attitude. And you think, gosh, you know, I just, I, you hate to even be around people like that. It either brings you down, it's a real buzzkill. Your joy is just gone. It leaves you, right? Or else you'll join in and become sour, just like they are. So I think that we can recognize that complaining can cause us some consequences. And if it hurts us in our relationships, like, like I don't want to be around my coworker, or maybe especially my family, the, the relationships that are really dear to us, if it hurts us in those relationships, maybe we better stop and we better think what God says about our complaining and our relationship with him. What are God's thoughts on our complaining? Complaining offends the heart of God. Complaining offends the heart of God. Now the, now the people complained about their hardships in the hearing of the Lord. And when he heard them, his anger was aroused. Then fire from the Lord burned among them, and it consumed some of the outskirts of the camp. Now, I don't know about you, but if I've been complaining a lot this day and I go home and my backyard burned up, I might better take that as a sign. And you say, oh, God wouldn't do that this now day. That's the Bible. I'm not going to say he would, but you're right. That is the Bible. So this is serious. God does not like our complaining. At least in this generation, he burnt the outskirts of their camp because he was, his anger was aroused. But we have a loving God, Jimmy. We do. We also have a just God. Complaining carries significant consequences. As we can see, burning in the yard would be pretty significant, right? Complaining carries significant consequences. How long will this wicked community grumble against me? I have heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites. So Moses, you tell them, as surely as I live, not one of you will enter the land I swore an uplifted hand to make your home. This had been going on for a while, so it's not like you just complain once or twice, but this has been going on some time, years probably, because God said, how long will this wicked community complain? Now, if it, if it, in this generation, this complaining was so significant to God that he had promised him to go into their promised land, and he just now tells them, you're not going. You're absolutely not going in the land I promised you with uplifted hands. So that is pretty significant to me, guys. And if it's that serious for this generation, I wonder how serious it could be for our generation. I think that looking at our personal relationships with each other, with our family, but most especially looking at our relationship with God, if it's that significant to him, don't you think maybe we need to examine ourselves and stop? Just say personally, right now, I quit. I quit complaining. I quit. 
Well, Jimmy, that's easy to say, but sometimes it's not that easy to do. You're right. You're right. So let's look. I've got five practical steps that hopefully will help us to get complaining out of our lives. The first one is real simple, guys. Do not complain. Just don't do it. Yeah, but that's easier said than it is done. Right. Don't complain. Let's listen to Ephesians. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Do not let any unholy, unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. On the back of your notes, and here again, these, don't take these for granted. Use them. Fill them out. Make notes on them. Take them home. But on the back of your notes this week, in this week's challenge down at the bottom, there's a challenge there that says make a list of the top three things that you complain about. Write them down. Then I want you to make a covenant with God, a promise, that, okay, for 30 days I'm not going to complain about these three things. It's just between you and God. You don't have to tell your husband, your children, your wife, anybody else. Just you and God know about this. And you make that promise to him, I'm not going to complain about this. Now, don't give up because naturally you're going to go home and you'll complain before the sun goes down. Don't give up on that first one. But think about it, guys. Think about it, guys. You make that challenge with God. And if after 30 days you haven't changed at all, then you need to reexamine your life. You may have a heart issue. Really, seriously, you may have a heart issue with Jesus. So think about that. Take that 30-day challenge. And also, guys, let's don't look the wrong way. That's one of the best ways I know of stop complaining. Do not look the wrong way. The Israelites, whenever they were released from bondage, you know, God cared so much about them. Pharaoh wouldn't let them go, but he, God sent 10 plagues. Now, if it was important enough for him to send 10 plagues, Finally, Pharaoh said, okay, go. You're free. You're out of bondage. But then as they were out in the desert, and Pharaoh's army started coming again, yeah, he changed his mind. And there was a cloud of dust, and they were worried, oh, gosh, he's going to come and kill us. Hey, law, you stopped us out here now, and we're going to die right here in the desert. But Moses was not worried about it. He was looking forward to God. And what happened? Well, God parted the Red Sea for his children to walk across on dry land. And then as Pharaoh's army come, the sea collapsed back on them and killed them all. Now think about it. Is God going to do that kind of work, that kind of miracle in their life just to take them out there to kill them? So many times you and I will focus what's behind. We're looking the wrong way. Don't look behind. Look ahead to what God has for us. These circumstances may be bad right now, but don't look behind because they're going to get better. Only God knows the plans he has for you. Maybe you've walked in church before and you've heard some folks complaining. They're looking the wrong way. They're talking about how cold it is. I don't think I can sit through this whole service. It's too cold. Or maybe it was too loud. Maybe it wasn't loud enough. Don't get caught up in factions in church complaining. They're looking the wrong way. You remember a while back in the scripture I read just a moment ago, it said the Israelites were complaining in the hearing of God. Well, I want to think the hearing of God is kind of like the church. Maybe they were assembled ready to worship God and hear from God and Moses and Aaron, and all of a sudden they start grumbling, start complaining. At the very time, they should be worshiping. When we come in these doors, the very time we should be worshiping, complaining and arguing is the very furthest thing should be from our mind. We should be loving God and say, what does he have for us? So we walk away. We don't look that way. Let's look the right way. And we walk ahead and become more like Christ. Become more 
like Christ. In Philippians, the word tells us, do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation. Now, I don't know about you, but I would have thought that if God was going to give us some rules, that complaining and arguing wouldn't have been up at the top of his list. I would have thought it had been lying, stealing, cheating, lust, envy, some of those, the fleshy things maybe. But no, it's about arguing and complaining. Don't do those. It's a hard issue when it becomes that. And, you know, I'm sorry, guys. You know, we're, we are children of God. And sometimes we like to self-excuse things out of the way because of who we are. We don't look at that speck in our own eye, but we look at that log in our brother's eye, so to say. We do. But what about this? God says, do everything, everything, not this. Okay, I get a buy. I get a pass on this because I'm Jimmy. I get a pass. No. Everything. I'm sorry, but it is everything. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Blameless and pure. Because you know what? In our heart issues, if we start and we complain, and if we're given over complaining, it starts to become about our own circumstances, doesn't it? It starts to become about us, me, 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 I, our attitude. We have to develop an attitude of gratitude. Develop an attitude of gratitude. Jan was telling me this week, she heard on K-Love, that if we teach our children when they're small to say thank you, that when they're older, they'll be about 10 times more likely to be grateful for something. Because we instill early that we have to be thankful and grateful. And you say, well, I wasn't taught that way. Maybe I'm not grateful. I don't know. Maybe I need to work on that. Well, that's okay. Good. Be honest. I I do need to work on being grateful. I think in America, we probably all need to work on being a little more grateful because we have it so well. Uh, There's a story in Luke about being grateful. There were 10 lepers. And in the biblical days, lepers were ordered not to go. It was a law. They couldn't get within 50 yards of somebody that was clean because they were afraid of the leprosy. So they were shouting out. One time, Jesus was going down to Samaria, and they shouted out to Jesus, Lord, have mercy upon us. And Jesus looks at them and he says, go show yourself to your priests and be made whole. So they go, and as they're going on the way, they're being healed even on the way just by Jesus speaking. Well, there's one leper that is so grateful, he comes back and he, he falls at Jesus' feet because he knows what Jesus has done for him. He knows the source of help. And he praises Jesus. And Jesus says, were there not nine others of you? Where, where are the other nine at? And Jesus said, Go. Your faith has made you whole. Now, this man was not whole because he was healed. But he was whole because he knew the one who had healed him. He came back to the source, Jesus. It's all right, guys, to know the source. And it's very all right to ask for divine help. Our last step, and I think maybe our most important step to getting complaining out of our lives is to ask for divine help. There's a story of a couple pastors' wives, and they were sitting around mending the trousers of, the, of their husbands. The first wife was talking about, you know, the ministry is really, really taking a toll on, we'll call him Jim for any namesake. Uh, it's really taking a toll on him. He's, uh, he's getting tired. It seems like everything he tries, nothing happens. He doesn't get support. He'll try to do things. Nobody shows up. 
he's, he's, he's just really starting to get a little bit bitter, as a matter of fact. He's, he's even told me, he says, I'm seriously considering giving up the ministry. The other wife said, wow, that's just opposite of my husband. He's, he's really finding fulfillment in his ministry. Everything he does, it just, God's blessing, it works so well. The people are energetic. They're really wanting to help him. And He told me the other day, this is probably the most joy he's ever had in his life. And then there's kind of a hush silence for a moment, and the ladies continue to mend their husband's trousers. One is mending the seat of the trousers. The other is mending the knees of the trousers. You see, we've got to get on our knees and ask for that divine help. We've got to ask God to help us to develop that gratitude attitude. We don't need to be like the nine. Yeah, I'm grateful, but I'm going on about my merry way because there's not strength in that. We need to be like the one leper that came back. He knew the source of his help, didn't he? He wanted to come back to the one that made him whole. This morning, as you ask for your divine help, don't just ask to be healed, but be like that one leper. Be made whole. Let us pray. Father, this morning as we come, first of all, we ask for forgiveness because, God, we didn't even realize in our life that complaining carries such significant consequences. It, it hurts my relationship with my family. It hurts my relationship with my workers. It, most of all, God, it hurts my relationship with you, and I didn't even know it. So, God, I'm asking you now for mercy to help me with my complaining, to make me like the leper. As you come with your divine help, God, help me in this 30-day challenge. And I pray through the next 30 days that you make me whole. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, that's a strong message for us today. You know, when we started this series a few, few weeks ago, I told you that for many of us, this could be that moment that things change and we look back years from now and say do you remember when and I'm praying that today perhaps your eyes have been opened so that you can see you can see that complaining just a simple act of complaining can rob you of the kind of life that God wants to give. Think about, think about the, the Israelites been delivered by the hand of God from slavery. I mean, and here they are, not permitted to enter into the promised land because they complained. The complaining robbed them of God's destiny for them. Or see, I hope that you can, can see, as, as Jimmy, Jimmy showed, one of, one of the things that I, I kind of saw through this message is complaining isn't about your situation. Complaining is not. You're always going to have stuff you can, you can complain about. You see, think about those nine, those nine lepers that did not return, right? Those nine lepers that did not return. Out of the ten, all ten were healed. Only one was made whole. Ten, all ten of them were healed. And Jesus says, yeah, you came back to me. You praised me. You found me to be the source of all the healing. You are made whole. Go in peace. Think about that. Think about that. See, 
we're always going to have something that we can complain about. The reason that we stop complaining, the reason we experience the wholeness of God is because we realize that we have in Jesus the solution to every problem we'll ever face. And I think some of us need to realize that our hearts have been so fixated on our situations that we have not looked completely to Jesus. So let's pray. Let's ask God to come and to help us to see what he's doing in us. God, God, today I just, I just thank you for a strong word from our friend Jimmy today. And God, I just ask that as we uh, spend a moment here paused, God, that you would help us to see if we're the people that have been complaining because, God, in our hearts we have not been willing to be thankful and grateful for what you've done. God, we're always allowing the attention of our hearts to be fixated on ourselves. God, we're complaining. And God, maybe today, through your grace and mercy, we'll get to see that that, that situation, that, that when, we're, when we're like that, it has absolutely nothing to say about our circumstances. It has volumes to speak about our hearts. God. So let us, let us see today that, that when we have a complaining problem, God, we have a heart problem. And some of us, God, are tired of that. We're tired of living with that heart issue. We want to be free of it. So today, by your grace and mercy, God, do that. And every head bowed, every eye closed, let me ask you today, if you're that person that you realize, hey, I, my complaining level has been real high, and my looking to Jesus has been real low. I'm not living a life right now that's saying, God, whatever you give me, everything, everything, everything will be done without complaining. Today, God, I want to commit before you that I'm going to, ex- I'm, I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to do life without complaining. I'm going to, I'm going to give, give myself to being thankful and grateful for what you do. If that's you and you say, I've been complaining too much, I want to confess that. I want to change that. Raise your hand today. So, God, for those of us that raise our hands, we just ask you by your grace and mercy to come. Heal our hearts. Change our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us online at vortexchurch.com.